everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests. And for those of you that know our show, you know that we usually have rising artists coming on our show. we got something different today. We're taking a little pivot in our show, and you're going to love this person, Tiffany Johnson. Um, I've been Facebook friends with her for a while, and we kind of feel like this is a God thing that kind of leading our show in another direction, not giving up on artists because we love the artists, but we feel like God has told us to add speakers who have stories on our show. And here's how this happened. June 2nd, I was scrolling through Facebook, and I usually don't click on lives too much and um, on videos, but I did this time. And Tiffany was kind of telling the three-year anniversary of her shark attack that happened that took a part of her arm three years ago. And as she was going through the story, I'm like, oh, my God, you cannot not, not believe in God after this story. And immediately I thought, she's got to be on our show. She's got to be. So I reached out to her, and she agreed to come on. And you're, gonna, you're definitely in for a treat today, and we'll see how this goes because I've, I've got some questions. But like always, we're a conversation we believe in just ha- letting God go wherever it goes, and we'll see what happens. So, Tiffany, are you here? I am here. You scared me there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it's a delay. <laughs> yeah, because you never – I mean, that's that's one thing about technology is we're like – bow to technology because if it don't work we can't work (laughs) right exactly (laughs) like i remember our very first show back january 3rd and you're actually our 116th interview since january 3rd Ah, and and i remember that very first interview right before the show i told sandy um you know i don't have a problem with talking i can talk my fear was the technology. What happens if it just goes out? And that was my biggest fear of the show. And I guess God heard me. And I guess God felt like, okay, if that's your biggest fear, let's make that happen on your first show. Because I'm like two, three minutes into the (laughs) – I was like two, three minutes into the conference, and really about 15 minutes into the actual show, but two to three minutes into the interview, and all of a sudden, nothing. It went blank, and I'm like, uh-oh, and then Sandy comes running into the room because we're on phones just like you are. Comes, What happened? I, I don't know, and then Ashlyn, who we were for our very first interview, texts me and says, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> it just went blank, so we all called back into wow. the system. It happened to still be running, and here we are. We were able to finish it off, but there was that little pause there for about three minutes. I reached out to a friend of mine who's done 500 plus shows on blog talk. And he told, and I told him what happened that night. He says, I, he's never heard that happening. And it's only happened to us once. Our very first show. So, that's, <laughs> so it made me think of all this, like, wow, you know, you just never know what's going to happen with technology. Are you here? Am I, I am. Yes. Okay. Nope. You're good. Okay, Okay, just want to make sure because there's so like some pause here, and it's usually not here, and I don't, I'm not sure why, but hey, you know, you got to deal with it, right? That's right. <laughs> just, just go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> when you're live, that's what you got to do. Just go with it. Um, so, um, as we get started, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, 
where you're from, and a brief overview of you leading up to that pivotal day. You know, I'd like to know the story before this too. You know, that kind of want to get yeah. into a little bit of that that side of it because I think that's just as important as that day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my, I'm from Michigan, actually originally, um, and was born and raised there. Went to college there. Um, been uh, in the church, you know, since I was young, five, six years no, old, well. and got very involved. Um, as a youth and um, in college I was a youth leader and you know just always been kind of involved in one way or another I sing so that I was in choir and led some led the youth band and just different stuff like that so um, and but then um, during college there was uh, I had broke up with my high school boyfriend you know and my heart's broken <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it it was a, I I went I, I ended up transferring to uh, Central Michigan University. I was going to a Bible college in Grand Rapids, and mm. I transferred there. And I thought, well, it's cheaper, you know. It was closer to home at the time. It was closer to to my boyfriend, you know. And I thought it this is probably the way I need to go from here on out. So I only mm. went one year at. At, at the Bible college. Well, after I transferred, it was like things just started falling apart. And I, oh, wow. it, it, was, it was like a snowball <laughs> effect. And uh, <laughs> I started just compromising and, you know, getting mm-hmm. into partying. You know, at first I was just the the designated driver, but then, you know, eventually that wore on me and, you know, oh, I'll just have one drink. And, and then it was, you know, pretty soon I was partying right along with them, you know. And so. Yep. that how it worked? I was. Yes, yes, it's a slow fade for sure, and um, and it was it was I knew that I was not that I was living a life that I wasn't proud of because you know mm-hmm. I'd try to like keep up the facade at church, but then like do my own thing on you know Saturday night or Friday <laughs> night. And, so you were trying um, to live both it, worlds. Yes, and it, and it was wearing on me. So I graduated college and I moved for a job. Um, down in uh, West Virginia, actually Huntington, West Virginia, <laughs> and um, and I, that move was like a come to Jesus moment for me because I had mm-hmm. to make a choice. Like, was I going to keep this up, or mm-hmm. was I? You know, it's it's it, it, it was a line in the sand. Like, either I'm going to keep you know doing this double life or all in with that, or the opposite. Like, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do both. You know, yeah. and so I. I had to make a decision like this and I really knew in my heart that I needed Jesus. Um, I knew mm-hmm. it, it, it during the whole time, but I was denying that part and just, you know, quote unquote, having fun, even though looking back, I, you know, that it wasn't really, <laughs> you know, um, at the time it felt <laughs> yeah. good, but it doesn't last. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, that's, I decided yeah, I'm going to find a good church when I moved down there. I'm not going to, I have a chance to kind of start fresh because I didn't know anybody. You know, I was moving without any friends or family down there. So it was really literally a fresh start. And so I it, it helped me kind of get my feet back into church, like not just going to church to just put on a, a face, but actually yeah. go and, you know, get ministered to and get plugged in again. And, you know, and so I found a good church in Huntington and, um, and that's where it kind of began. My, my relationship yeah. picked right back up with the Lord. And, um, oh, wow. and then, then I met my husband. 
And so uh, now we've been married for, it'll be 11 years next month. And Congratulations. Um, thank you. So then earlier before um, we moved down to North Carolina, we were college mm-hmm. pastors for uh, four years. He was a, a, on staff at the church there for four mm-hmm. years, and we both we both had full time jobs, but um, but he led the ministry kind of on the as a part time. But we know ministry oh, wow. is part time, so <laughs> so it was a lot, but then it was good. Yeah, no and such thing so as part time. No, no. I mean, ministry. No matter if you if you call yourself full time minister or not, you're you know the Bible says we're supposed to always be Jesus to people, so it's all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so, so that's what we did, and we so our our roots started running real deep into like ministry, and you know mm-hmm. ministering to certain wherever God we felt God leading us, and at that point in our lives, it was young adult, uh, or I mean, uh, college age. And then when we moved to North Carolina, we had a heart for like the young adults, like including college age, but even beyond college before they're like, yeah. you know, there's a, there's a good chunk of people that aren't married or maybe just dating, but they're in their late twenties, you know, and they're still kind of in this in-between life stage. And mm-hmm. so we, you know, we had a heart for that. And so we, and now we lead a young adult, a uh, small fam or a small family, um, <clears throat> well, like a young families group. And so, you know, we can kind of mm-hmm. just feel out whatever the Lord would like us to, to minister to and, and just do that. So that's a, that's a little yeah. bit about my background and where I'm from and all that good yeah. stuff. Really love that. You know, my kind of come back to Jesus moment was um, I went through 19 years of addictions. And even in the middle of the addictions, I actually came to God at a business function, believe it or not, you know, back in 97. Wow. And I lived for him for a little while but because I, I didn't grow up in church or any of that. And I really believed, you know, I, I remember one of the tapes we, and then of course this ages me, you know, talking about tapes here, but one of the tapes I used to listen to back before um, I went across that stage to give my life to, to Christ for the very first time, I remember um, hearing on a tape that this one guy, guy named Bill, used to say on the tape that you will never build this type of business until you turn the business over to God. And he used to, mm-hmm. and he used to kind of, and he was always sarcastic about this when he added this extra part. And he says, you know what? And he says, if you somehow do, because it's a people business, is if you somehow do, then you'll give, I'll give you this mic just like anybody else because it's your story. And then he kind of joked and said, besides, you might give some other heathens some hope anyway. <laughs> and he, and right. then he, and then he would add, and then he would, it was funny because so he would add that. But nobody's never been able to take this mic and not say that the business wasn't turned over to God. And I went to the person that was I was in business with, and I told him. And I'm so thankful how he said to me because it would have changed everything. I told him on that day I was going to be the first to build it without God. That was how far from mm-hmm. God I was. And mm-hmm. my friend looked me in the face. And we, we joke about this now, but he, he didn't know what to say. He told he tells me now, he said, I didn't know what to say. I said, how do, how do you yeah. respond on that? How do you, you respond, so his, right? <laughs> so his response was, if you think you can do it, go for it. That's all he said. Mm. <laughs> you know, okay. He didn't know what to say. You know? and, right. so, and, then it, and it's funny because a couple years later, I'm, I'm going across that stage, giving my life to, to God. And then I did live for a little while for him. And then, of course, 
my again once addictions had you if you ain't gave them to God they come right back and sure yeah. enough it comes back then February 2nd of 02 I met my amazing wife um online which was crazy I mean we met online on 020202 back when it was taboo I always joke you know because <laughs> uh. was really taboo <laughs> and then we met and then we talked on the phone for the first time February 4th February 18th, we set a wedding date, and March 4th, we met in person. So we actually was meeting in person to see who we were going to marry. We just wow. knew God was with us. We just knew this was of God. That's and incredible. So many times and, and again, she didn't know about the addiction side. And at that time, I, I'm one of them people that if things are going great in my life, there's no addiction. If things were going bad in my life, then I'm mm. really bad. And, and six months after we married, my mom passed away. And I didn't mm. know how to handle it, so I went back to what I knew best. And I was right. destroying this marriage, and it was really and – and she, and she never put me down for the addiction. She never, um, she never nagged me, never did any of that. She always uplifted me. She was my cheerleader. She, she did everything in her absolute power. And you know, to this day, when we tell our story, many people will say that we – that she allowed me to walk over her. But that's just not true. She allowed me – to experience God's pure love through her because mm-hmm. I'd be dead right now if she didn't do that. She stood strong yeah. in God's faith in the middle of the storm. And, wow. and she went through like four, like four plus years of the storm. Um, you know, so she had this, she didn't know if God was going to ever heal my heart. And I remember right. December 26, 2007, I woke up for the first time feeling like, Oh wow. I got drunk for the first time in my life on Christmas day. That convicted me, and I reached out to God, and I was like, oh, man, you know, I really messed up. And I pleaded with him, please take this desire away, or I'm taking my life. One, one or the other has got to happen. I can't mm. – you know, I'm destroying this marriage. I'm destroying everybody around me. It's destroying me. I can't live like this any longer. And I remember him nudging me, saying, give him 30 days. Okay, now, okay, now I'm going crazy. I can't tell people this, you know, because <laughs> right. yeah, I'm thinking, you're God. Why do you need 30? So I'm thinking, okay, are you, are you the enemy? Because yeah, now I'm like, okay, now I'm hearing things. I'm feeling things that I shouldn't right. be feeling. You know, so I'm sitting there like, like wow, you know, so, but I wanted to believe it so bad. So I told Sandy, I'm quitting. It's over. No more. And she, like always, and she, she even told me later that, you know, I didn't believe it, but she – Oh, yeah, you can do it. Let's do this together and all that. You know, she was always – she never drank, so um, she never – you know, which was good. That helped me out, but she never drank anyway. Yeah. And then around the 28-day mark, I ain't felt any desire ever since. And here's the key part about that. When you read through the Bible, every miracle was always preceded with some form of obedience, everyone. Mm. That was my obedience, that 30 days. Yeah, I could do it if I could just do pull everything together and not drink. God would heal me the rest of my life, and that's, that's where beautiful. we are. So that's kind yeah. of the story where we are, and I think it leads perfectly into um, your story because, um, wow, you know, <laughs> I don't even know where to go here. But let's start with um, the day uh, before the shark attack happened. What was that day like for you? I mean, what what were y'all doing there in the first place? I mean, just tell us a little bit about what was going yeah. on. 
Well, we, uh, my husband and I are strong advocates for spending, um, like, time with each other at least mm-hmm. once a year where we get away from the kids, and it's a, it's a getaway. Sometimes it's just a long weekend. Other times we've been blessed to be able to do, like, a cruise or something. But we always want to do that at least once a year. And we, sometimes it's not right on our anniversary because our anniversary is in July, and that's, like, peak tourist season, so everything's expensive. <laughs> you know? So uh, sometimes we'll do it earlier in the year, but we'll call it our anniversary trip. And you probably and, uh, want that's less exactly people to be there, too. Right, exactly. So um, we got on the, the cruise train for uh, a few years ago, and gosh, every year we're like, okay, we're going to go on a cruise. You know, like it's just, <laughs> we love it. So that's what this was. Um, we, were, we went on a cruise. It was um, in June, so it was before our anniversary, but that was our kind of celebration of our anniversary coming up. And um, it was that last week of May heading into June. So the last day of the cruise was June 2nd. Um, Mm -hmm. That was the last full day. And so we were there in Nassau. That was our stop, our last stop. And um, we had been to the Bahamas before on other cruises. And and Mm -hmm. we knew that snorkeling was a good thing. So we had already planned, you know, that would be where we'd snorkel. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we had spent time on the island, on other islands doing other things. So we knew, like, you know, this is is what we're going to do. So it was kind of already just, we're going to get off, we're going to barter for a good deal, and we're going to go snorkeling, you know? And so that's where that's what we were doing. And it's interesting that you said every miracle in the Bible um, is preceded by obedience because I think back on the days leading up to uh, June 2nd, 2017, and uh, I, I was struggling to spend time with the Lord um, individually. Like, we were still you know, like I said, small group leaders and involved in our church and, and being very active. But like, as far as that alone time with the Lord, I just, I was really struggling to sit down and read my Bible. Like I was making excuses and just not really, you know, I was mom with me and I'm working and, you know, and I'm tired by the time, I, you know, all the li- what list of things that you can do to excuse it away. Mm-hmm. And, and in the end, yeah. I just wasn't making it a priority, you know? And so, uh, the, a week before the cruise happened, I was waking up at like five o'clock in the morning, five thirty in the morning, and I remember the first time it happened, I felt a strong urge to get up, pray, and get my Bible, and I was like, "Lord, oh, it wow. is five o'clock in the morning. Like I cannot, <laughs> you know, like I need some sleep. You know, I still have a whole yeah. day ahead of me, you know." And, but I'm like, so I bartered. I'm like, well, if I'm still awake a half an hour later, I'll get up. And guess what? I was definitely still awake. <laughs> so, you know, I get up and I'm obedient. I was reluctant, but I was obedient. And I got up and I spent some, you know, I pulled up my Bible. I started praying in it, just telling God my heart, like, I do want to read your word. I want to be hungry for it, but I just don't have it. God, like, give me that hunger. And mm-hmm. um, that for oh, the wow. next several days, that's what happened every morning Mm -hmm. I would wake up and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I'd get up and I would spend time with the Lord. And even on the cruise, I get up before Mm -hmm. my husband and and I would spend some time with the Lord. And, you know, there was times where there was activities kind of lull in the day of the cruise and get back to to the um, stateroom. And we're like, let's put some worship music on and just pray. Like we just felt like, you know, we needed to spend time with Jesus and, and, 
not that mm-hmm. we don't try to do that, you know, throughout, but it was like, it was very unique, you know, like these, these like, critical moments to spend in time with the mm-hmm. Lord. And I look back on that and that's like, one, it was an act of obedience, but two, it yep. was getting it was into, bef- yes, it was, it, I needed that extra. And he knew, he knew what I was about to go through on June 2nd. So he's like, Tiffany, you need this extra, like, he kept nudging my heart, you know, he kept pressing me, kept waking me up. Like, he's like, you need this. You need more of me mm-hmm. right now. He knew I was, you know, I was running on empty and he, and I needed more yep. of him. And so every time I think of that, I just, I get so wow. emotional thinking about the love of our father who loves us that much to know that and, we and need you, him, and, you know? Yep. And, and a lot of people would not understand what you just said. I get it. A lot of people, their first thought would be, well, why didn't he just move the shark? Right. But, you know, when you look at the story of Daniel, God didn't Daniel's circumstances away. He delivered them through. That's what he did with you. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And I'll tell you, I've been asked that question so many times. You know, if God's Mm. good, then why didn't he just save you? Like, if it was a miracle, you know, then why didn't you just Mm. not get attacked at all? You know, and I'm like, listen, you don't know the countless people, thousands upon thousands, and probably more than I'll ever even be able to imagine until I'm in heaven, that have been reached just because I was attacked by a shark and lost my arm. And I'm able to tell of the tell story, story, tell of God's miracles, and it's changed people. I had somebody that was going to commit suicide that heard my testimony on Our Heart Radio. It was live. And the radio wow. was on in the background, and he made him stop. Mm. And he, ha- he had to message me and tell me. And I said, even if it was just for that one, it was worth it. You it know, God, it. God knows what he's doing. And so that, it's the trust piece of even though you may not always understand it all or, or it mm-hmm. may be painful, God has a purpose behind it if, you're, if you allow him to use it. And that, that's exactly what we've experienced. So now – as we build up to that moment, you're in the water, and I know your husband got sick or something, so he kind of left yeah. the water. You're in that moment, and something bumps you. Take it over from there. Yeah, so I literally was getting lost in that world, you know, when you're occupied by watching the fish interact <laughs> and stuff. And yeah. so that's literally when I got, when I felt like I bumped into something, it it, the only thought that I had was, oh, what did I bump into? So I was very casual <laughs> when I turned yeah. to my right, you know, to see, because there was no indication that anything was awry. The fish weren't acting any differently. You know, there was no, no um, sudden change in the waters or something. It, was, it literally came out of nowhere. And so mm-hmm. when I look, when I turned to look, I was face-to-face with the shark, and he had most of my arm in his mouth. I have a scar on my um, top of my arm that's probably about, I don't know, four inches or so from the top of my shoulder. That is where mm. he first latched on to me. And we, like, locked eyes, basically. And he's staring at me with his black beady eyes, and I'm staring back at him just wide-eyed, like, wow. what is, you know, like, my mind was frozen. Like, it just... It felt like fear just immediately surrounded me, and I started to have visions of my playing in the backyard with my husband, and it was like a movie reel that began to play in my peripheral vision, but um, 
you know, the, the word says to take the thought captive and make mm-hmm. it obedient to Christ. And that's what happened. Like I felt like the strength of the Lord came out from inside of me to push those thoughts back and to give me the strength to fight. And I remember yeah. literally thinking, no, no, I am not going there. You will not take my life. I will not <laughs> die here. You know, and yeah. that's when I kind of yank and I'm, you know, trying to get myself free from him, but he had me pinned. So when I yanked, it did loosen. My arm came out some, but right mm. below my elbow is where he kind of bit down and began to thrash and fight. And, you know, I'm screaming through my snorkel too, but you can't really utter words. So it's just that, you know, like screaming, um, burbling sounds, you know, and, um, I don't know what I did with my left hand. Some people are like, what did you, you know, what did you do? Did you punch him? I'm like, it happened so quick. I, you know, I don't even remember. Yes. It just, it was like, all I could feel was fear circling around me, but strength coming out of me. I mean, that's literally that, that's what I remember the most about it. And um, now was this, was this your feeling at the moment, you know, Psalms 116, three, three through five said death stared me in the face. Hell was hard on my on my heels up against up against it i didn't know which way to turn and i called out to god for help please god i cried out save my life yes that's exactly and actually psalms 18 is something pretty similar Um, yes it, it talks about um death itself stared me in the face and um i remember reading that right after um actually in the hospital i read it Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm like, that's me. That's my, you know, that's what happened. You know? <laughs> um, and it, 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 it talks about, uh, he pulled me out of deep waters. Um, yeah, the, mm-hmm. my enemies were too strong for me, but he saved me. And so, um, wow. and that's, that's what that's my testimony, basically, I felt like my testimony in scripture, you know, um, <laughs> God is just so good. And he, so even in the midst of, you know, fear and um, basically, you know, panic. And I mean, you name the emotion. I was probably feeling it at the time. I mean, it was just a flurry of stuff, you know, but even in that, I felt the Lord's strength, like propelling me forward. And so when I was Mm -hmm. able to finally get free of him, um, Mm -hmm. I I had the, the, the mindset to be able to move forward. And that to me is a little bit of a, crazy thought to think, you know, I didn't panic. I didn't drown. I didn't flop around and, you know, it wasn't, I like knew I needed to just get up and go, you know? And so I threw off my snorkel mask. I screamed out, help, help me, Jesus. And I began to move with my non-dominant, you know, left arm that was still intact, you know, and I'm just mm-hmm. going for it towards the boat and just praying in the Holy spirit. Like I need to get to that boat. And, um, and it, it felt as if fear was following me, you know, like I felt like that shark was going to grab my leg, grab my side, grab, you know, whatever. But I was, my sights were literally on that boat. And I'm like, Jesus, get me to that boat, you know, and that's literally, that's what I was doing. If you had turned your head back to look, you'd have probably drowned. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there was so much going on. You and, had and to even stay to, focused on where you're going. 
Right, exactly. And I didn't, and there was so much blood in the water. Like I remember mm-hmm. uh, looking up at one point and my arm, mm-hmm. I had my injured arm up out of the water and it was spraying blood everywhere. Wow. And so I remember just, look, I saw it out of my peripheral vision and I glanced up and it's like, it, with every stroke, it was like just propelling blood. And all I could think about was like, one drop of blood makes them go crazy, you know? And I'm like, get mm-hmm. me to that boat, you know, like, uh, <laughs> But but they, he didn't attack. pursue me. He did not pursue me. And there was no other shark that came. Um, my husband and I are firm believers that they usually where there's one, there's more. We've heard that, you know, statistically with sharks. Yeah. But uh, so we actually think there was probably other sharks around, but I believe Jesus had a barrier around me and he did not allow anything else to happen. He allowed me to safely get to, um, you know, that boat and that's, I was alive and well and, and, and was able to get to the boat safely. And you know, it's, that makes me think of what you said on one of your things that we listened to, um, that he was really Psalm eighteen two for you because that one reads, the Lord is my rock yes. fortress and deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. That yep. you lived that out. Yes. <laughs> because he yes. shielded you from all this. Absolutely. And that Psalm eighteen two was in my devotional after mm. the attack. I'm in the hospital and I'm like, you know, I picked up my devotional book and that was the verse that was next. And I bawled, oh, wow. I weeped, <laughs> you know, when I read Psalm eighteen two and I'm like, Yes, yes, you know, and then I began to keep reading. And it starts mm-hmm. talking about, you know, death itself scared me in the face and, you know, that, um, <laughs> that, you know, he saved me from deep waters. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, like I just, I couldn't keep it together. I was literally probably the loudest crying I'd ever done. And the nurse came in while I was crying. <laughs> so, now, uh, now, at but, that moment, did you know what God was doing that he was, a, uh, again, I know you couldn't imagine this whole ministry out of it. But did you know at that moment? that this was going to be used? Um, Yes, I I knew, but I didn't know when or how, um, but I did know. And it happened immediately, remember? Yes, yes. So basically, this happened on a Friday. I remember Mm -hmm. Saturday morning as we're trying to figure out, we're in the Bahamas and we're trying to figure out how to get out of the Bahamas because we didn't have a passport and it was all this logistical nightmare of, proving that it was medically necessary and all this garbage, right? And in the middle of that, I felt a churning in my spirit, like, this is, this is powerful stuff. Like, God is about mm-hmm. to use this in ways that I can't even fathom. Like, I can feel it, like the heaviness of it on me. And, um, mm-hmm. and I, I told my husband, you know, like, that, that God's going to use this. I actually prayed in the boat as we were making our way to the hospital, God used this, you know, that was one of my prayers. And so I knew that he would, I didn't know when or to what magnitude. I just felt like it, it wasn't going to be wasted. You know, if I, if I've survived this, I knew that he wouldn't waste it. And, um, and that's what I I clung on to. Nothing's really Mm -hmm. wasted when you, when you bring the Lord in, like he uses every single piece of your journey, if you allow him to. And, and I yep. clung on to that, that promise that yes, 
everything will work for the good for those that love you. Like I, I had to cling to that in the times <laughs> where I was healing because it wasn't always, it didn't feel good, you know, and it went, and it mm-hmm. was a lot of mind stuff that was going on, like just frustration and, and, you know, like this heaviness of like, I'm really going to live this life for the rest of my life. I'm going to be an amputee. Oh, like, wow. this, you know, just to wrap my head around that. It was a lot, but I kept So did you go through a little bit of like depression God. during that? No. Um, thankfully the Lord's peace literally covered me. And so Good. even awesome. though the thoughts would come, I, mm-hmm. I knew I could recognize it and I would, I would not stay there. Like, you know, it would only be a few yeah. minutes of that maybe self pity yeah. or, you know, the thought of like, <laughs> why me or whatever, you know, we all have those, but like, I was determined, like, no, I know who my mm-hmm. God is. I know mm-hmm. that he's faithful. I know he will use this. I know this isn't for nothing. I have to believe and stand on that. And I didn't allow myself to entertain that for very long because I knew I have, you know, family and friends that have gone through depressive cycles. And I knew what that looked like. And I'm like, I'm yeah. not even going to entertain it. Like I can't. Yeah. And so I, Amen. I, I would just, I would just stop the thought where it was at, like in the tracks, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, uh-uh, I'm not going <laughs> to go down that road, you know? Um, so it, but that's, that part of it has been just powerful for me to know that, you know, I think that's why people need to realize as Christians, mm-hmm. we got to know who we are in Christ. Because yep. if, you, if you don't know the scriptures, you don't know the word, you don't know what he says, then when you go through something, whether it's big or small, Mm-hmm. how are you able to overcome it? How are you able to combat it? How are you able to think clearly through it? How are you able to set the emotion aside eventually? Because you're going to face those emotions and feel those emotions, but how are you going to let truth prevail if you don't mm-hmm. know what the word says, if you don't know the promises to declare, you know? And so that's been our yeah. part in all of this is to, like, educate people. If you've got to know the word of the Lord and start speaking it over yourself. I definitely know where you're coming from on that because I remember about the using God using you because I remember back um, that day that God I felt like God told me I'm going to be healed and all that from the addictions. I remember Him yeah. also saying that our marriage will be used, and I'm thinking, yo, right. I wanted to I wanted to believe the addiction side. The other side I right. did not believe. I, I'm like, you know, mm. I done put this marriage in the ditch so much. There's no coming. I mean, I thought we'd just have an average marriage from that point on, and I, and, I, and you know, and we'd love each other, and we just we would just handle it there. But you know, and then it was just. But I never forgot what he said, and it was like so many things would line up. Like a couple years later, um, we were still kind of blah. And about 2010, we finally got back in the church, and I remember. Um, and the crazy thing is. When God wants you to come back to church, he will use any means necessary. I remember <clears throat> we used to back then go to a lot of events that was if it was free and free food, look out, we're there. And then if it's like business stuff, hey, you know, we'll, you know, we'll learn and get free food. I'm free food, I'm there. And, back, and I remember <laughs> um, <laughs> Sandy was looking in the, um, on, online, and she saw this church that was doing like for, for the community. Uh, free dinner and you and all that, and she didn't know if she should tell me and all that, you know. And 
she said, yeah. Uh, then she told me, I was like, oh, yeah, we can. I, I felt like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go back to church. I've healed it, even though a church should be where you heal. But I felt like I had, you know, because, again, Christians make you feel like you got to heal, then you come to church not when you're supposed mm-hmm. to come to church to be healed, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah. So right. I was like, okay, I think I'm ready. Um, so we go we go there, and, they, and you didn't have to stay for the, for the Wednesday night service, but we're like, you know what? We're not going to use them for food. We're going to stay for the service. And I enjoyed meeting the people. It was a smaller church um, and all that. And so we did that three Wednesdays in a row. So, and I remember thinking, okay, now I'm ready for Sunday. Let's, let's see their service. Yeah. We walk in for Sunday morning. I knew immediately that was not the church I was supposed to be at. So many traditional things. It was a, it was a Presbyterian church. And, and I'm, and, Oh, I, I don't, and, and, and I'm arguing with God now. now. Now, we're sitting there in church, and I'm arguing with God about, okay, you opened my heart. I know I'm not supposed to be here. What am I supposed to do now? And right. I really felt like that he said Savannah Christian Church. And I'm sitting there like I've nobody's never – and we got a lot of friends that go to that church, but, but nobody's ever asked us to go, ever. I never, I never looked at it, never considered it. So, so there's no reason for the Savannah Christian Church to pop in our head, no reason whatsoever. So we're leaving, and I asked Sandy. I said, um, as we're walking that door, were you comfortable? She goes, oh, heck no. I was like, okay, good, because God already told me we're supposed <laughs> to be at Savannah Christian. And here's the funny part. We just had a bad experience, but I told her not only are we supposed to go to Savannah Christian next week, but he's already told me that we're going to become members. Wow. Now, she's like, okay. You're crazy. But, in, but back in her head, yeah, because we just had a bad experience. And I, I remember getting home. I jumped on Facebook, and I told Facebook that we're going to come to Savannah Christian Church next Sunday. My friend, who used to live in Savannah, is in Ohio now, he, he messaged me back. So here's my number. Call me. I'd like to talk to you about something. And so I called him, and he says, man, if I – he says, he says, my biggest problem has been trying to find a church that matches Savannah Christian. He says, he says that everywhere I've been in Ohio, it just, it just, I'm comparing and it's not working. He goes, if I lived two hours from that church, I'd be there. Well, that kind of confirmed, okay, maybe I was right <laughs> about the feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and we've been there ever since and, and other things. But then there's so many different stuff that's, that we've seen and, and then our marriage. And the moment that I think our marriage changed. As I remember, it was a couple months after we started going back to church, and we've been listening to a lot of marriage sermons and stuff. And thank God for the internet. You can do all that, especially with Right Now Media. Love Right Now Media. And, um, mm-hmm. and I remember sitting Sandy down, and I, she, I knew I already got the heal. God used Sandy to heal me. It was my turn to allow God to, allow God to use me to heal Sandy. So, and I knew I did some damage those first years. So I sat her down. I was like, okay, um, I need to hear this. Tell me everything I put you through those beginning years. Tell me um, what I did. Tell me how you felt. Tell me everything, and I won't say a word. And then she looked at me and said, are you sure? <laughs> I was like, well, the way she's saying it, I'm not sure now, but, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> you know? Right, right. And, and, and she starts. And she says things, and I'm sitting there dumbfounded, like, oh, my God, I did what? Oh, 
I did what? Yeah, and and she's telling me this and telling me that, and we're I'm talking we're forty, fifty minutes, sixty minutes in, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, what have I done? Uh, you know, I, I'm like I, I've done open the monster here, you know, and Sandy to myself. Yeah. You know, but I but I knew she needed this. I knew that this yeah. was her moment. The, the healing moment, healing. yeah. Yeah, and I and I couldn't take that from her, and that was the moment that changed everything for our marriage. Wow, that's powerful. <clears throat> and here we are, you know. And it's funny because yep. you know, my I, I always thought when you know, but when we when we and her first married, I always thought that I'd be this motivational speaker. Um, she always thought she'd be in music somehow. Then we end up doing this whole music stuff first with the show. And, and when we started the show back in January, I told Sandy, I got to keep it generic, the Chris and Sandy show. So because I, I knew that if God ever pivots, I need to be ready. Mm-hmm. And and a couple months ago, a friend of mine, when we were getting really heavy in all these artists on the show, and we loved that side of it. I remember him asking me, um, what if – God pivots your show and brings it more into a spiritual thing than just artists. Would you, are you willing to do that? And I'm like, well, of course. I mean, why wouldn't I? And, and, you know, he's like, he just, he said, remember that now. And then I had another friend recently, a couple months ago, tell me, you know, say, hey, man, with your platform, you should be interviewing like these speakers and artists with stories. Okay, I get it. You know, but I didn't think again. I didn't think anything of it. And then now, after hearing your story, getting you on the show, and getting you booked, I'm like, all these signs were coming up that that God was preparing me for this moment with you. And I and it's amazing thing because again, it's a lot easier for this preparedness than a shark attack preparedness. Thank God for that. (laughs) I can't believe that. You know, so as we talk about the shark attack a little bit more before we really move on, tell people once you got on that boat, because it didn't stop there really. You know, that was where your life really was in jeopardy. It's from that point yeah. to the hospital. Tell us a little bit about that story, because hearing you tell it, you see that not not only did God save you from that shark, God saved you multiple times in a two day span. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, obviously, when when you have an amputation that happens, is he took my arm fully, so it wasn't like it was dangling there or that it could even hardly be salvaged. Like I never saw it again. And so to have mm-hmm. that type of injury, um, you know, usually you're going to need to have a tourniquet, and it needs to be applied quickly because we all know that it does. It takes just a, a minute. You know, mm-hmm. for you to start bleeding now and a couple, two, three minutes for you to die, you know. And so um, all we had was a beach towel. Um, there was no med kit on on the little, you know, puddle jumper boat that we had to go out to the snorkel site. And so we used the beach towel that the cruise line gave us. And I had to walk my husband out to you know, do somewhat of a tourniquet, you know, with this bulky beach towel with my arm. And, and uh, that's what we had to sustain me until we got to the main port. We actually stopped on the wow. shoreline of um, Paradise Island because that was the, the closest shore from where the, the snorkel site was. 
but there's no hospital on Paradise Island. That's where all the tourist stuff is, the casino, you know, and the yeah. Atlantis and, you know, all that stuff. And so there was no hospital there. So the people on the beach were like, no, 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 you got to go to the main port. So we had to back the boat wow. out and go another 20 minutes, you know, to this, to the main port where, where the uh, cruise line, you know, parks, that's where the town of Nassau is. And so um, mm-hmm. I was on that boat for, 30, 35, 40 minutes wow. before an ambulance was able to take over and um, they unwrapped the beach towel and, you know, putting pressure and all that. So, I, I mean, when you think about it, and I don't know, I'm not, I don't have a medical degree, but everybody <laughs> that I've talked to, you know, my own doctors included, and then every time I share it in any form, there's usually somebody with a medical background and they all say, Tiffany, 30-ish minutes, you know, with a mm-hmm. beach towel to stop the bleeding, that doesn't <laughs> equal life. Like, there, that yeah. medically doesn't compute. You should not be here. You know, that you mm-hmm. should have bled out on that boat. And here's the amazing thing. Like, God mm-hmm. sustained me so much that obviously I'm here and I'm alive. So that was number one miracle. But even greater I didn't require a blood transfusion. Wow. They said I didn't lose enough blood. And that's really so, impossible. <laughs> I mean, you can't, there's no, there's not even odds for that. You know, like, <laughs> you know, there's, there's nothing to explain it. And that is the power of our God. He's still a miracle working God. He's the same God that delivered, you know, Daniel from the lion's den and, you know, how David killed a Goliath. And yet mm-hmm. sometimes I think we forget those were real people with real miraculous stories. Um, and he's the same God now. He still does those miracles now. We just have to stop and appreciate He's definitely him. a way maker, huh? Yes. Oh, gosh, that song. <laughs> that, <laughs> cause, cause I, I'm just, um, you know, as you're telling your story, I'm thinking of that song. And I'm like, oh, my God, every word of that song is, again, yes. this point. Yes. When that first came <laughs> out, I mean, and, and then the first time my church played it, I mm-hmm. was probably the biggest mess at the altar, just sobbing <laughs> snot everywhere, you know, like, yeah, I was like, this is, this is it, you know, like, I know I can declare it from a personal experience, you know, but that's kind of how every song was, you know, it changed my perspective on things, you know, it. Yeah. When you go through something, and I know you probably, yeah, yeah, you probably can attest to when you, when you go through something, a trial and adversity, in your case, an addiction, what, you know, fill in the blank, uh, some kind Mm -hmm. of problem. If you, if you are able to lean into the Lord during that time, get to know who he is, you end up experiencing him in a more genuine and effective way than you ever could have had before. And the reason Mm -hmm. Why I say that is because if I wasn't at a place where I needed to be healed, mm-hmm. then how could I know God is my healer? If I yep. wasn't at a place where I needed him to provide for the mountain of medical bills that was coming through, then how would I ever know him as my provider? You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. we got to be humbled and, you know, not that God puts <laughs> these things on us. I don't hear what I'm not saying. Like, I don't believe yeah. that God sends these things our way. That's not our God. But he uses that to bring forth his glory and to draw us closer and experience him in a deeper, more more a meaningful way than, you know, my relationship with him has gone 
leaps and bounds because I know I know who my God is. I've felt mm-hmm. him comfort me like I never have before. And, and that, when you struggle, just, you can remember this. Mm, yes, yes. And that's, that goes back to the song, Do It Again, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. we got to remember <laughs> You know, who God is or what he did in the past to remind ourselves, like, he's still the same God. He's working, you know, like, it's okay. Like, he's got this. It may not feel like it, but he does, you know, so. Yeah, because. Yes, absolutely. Sometimes you feel like life is happening and it's like, and you forget he's already brought you through all these things and and you you get in this whiny thing and you're like, it's just not working. Like when we first started the show. Uh, we're moving into the country music scene and all that. And again, my whole thing was I always wanted to be a speaker. I always wanted to be within that arena. And but you know, you know, and but I had no idea that because again, I've spoke on stage about eight times back in 2018, and then like nothing, and came my way. And it was and I was pushing down door, nothing. And I'm and I'm like, well, maybe. And of course, now I start doubting what I heard years ago, and I'm thinking, well, maybe. Maybe nothing is supposed to happen, and and then we launched the whole new country buzz idea, which eventually led to the show of the interviewing country artists. And again, I I was I was content. I was you know I felt like this is what I I felt like. Well, God's allowing me to speak on this show, allowing my wife to be around music. That was kind of both our passions. So I'm okay. I'm I'm content here. You know I I didn't realize that there was a bigger plan. Because like my a friend of mine, Matt, said, told me, he says, um, he says, you don't realize what's happening to you. I was like, what do you mean? He says, you, you've jumped through so many different business ideas and stuff. You lost a lot of respect from people. So if God would have lifted you up just a few, you know, just a, two years ago, three years ago, whenever, because nobody would have listened to you. He says, this whole music thing that you launched. You've got you know, he says so many people are talking about you. So many people are talking you've got so many people's respect that you never had before. He says now yeah. that God is pivoting your show, he can now pivot you into where you're supposed to be because now you got the respect, people will listen and now it's gonna be a different whole different avenue. Yeah. Well yeah, and I feel that even with our ministries, I can totally <laughs> relate to I mean, not that we definitely I think we I don't want to um, not value everybody's voice because you don't have to have a platform to have a voice. And, you know, your sphere of influence is very important and God counts on that. Um, But there's some people that he's going to want to have a bigger voice. And that's just part of the part of the part we play, you know, and I don't think that I would have ever had opportunities like we have now had I not gone through the shark attack. Yeah. Tell us that side of it. Since the shark attack, we, you know, I think we've covered that God is good. God is a miracle worker. Yes. God is a way maker. Yes. We have yes. covered that one to a T through your story. So now tell us the blessings that have that come because you listened. What What's happened yes. since the shark attack that's, that's really been like, wow. Oh, do you have like five hours? You know, because I could go on and on and on. Uh, I, I will, I'll, I'll give you the first things that came to my mind. I mean, the biggest yeah. pieces for me is um, right out of the gates, we knew that the media would be involved because it's a sensational story. You know, I knew local mm-hmm. media would get a hold of it at some point. 
I yeah. wasn't, you know, crazy about that thought, but I knew it was, it was bound to happen. Right. So, <laughs> but the way that the Lord used the media just astounds me to this day, I am completely, utterly shocked. Um, and it started coming in droves. As soon as that first mm-hmm. story hit, I had mm-hmm. inside edition there the next day. Wow. show well, was there. Uh, at my house, um, I had a interview, live interview with the Weather Channel. Um, did a live interview with <laughs> the iHeartRadio. I know it was crazy, and that was really a good interview actually because it was live, so there was no editing. And the shock that was on <laughs> that guy's face that was interviewing me, I'm like, this is good. Uh, yes, I mean, it, it, I had Animal Planet. Um, it, the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, the 700 Club. I mean, it was everywhere. And then um, later, probably a few months, I mean, this went on for months. This is what wasn't right away. I mean, every, every newspaper I was on, People Magazine on the online edition, like crazy, crazy stuff. Wow. Like that I would never, <laughs> never in a million years would have imagined. And I wasn't looking for that. I never yeah. once, like, put myself out there and said, you got to hear this amazing story. Even though I had one, that wasn't yeah. my heart. Like I just, but God just had them blowing down my door. Like somebody knew somebody that knew my contact information. All of a sudden I was getting phone calls and emails from random people. Like, can we interview you? And I'm like, well, God, is this what you want? And yep, he sure did. And so, you know, here we go. <laughs> and it was crazy. But every one of those interviews, the beginning stages, mm-hmm. I told them, listen, I'm going to be talking about Jesus and God and my faith. And if that can't be reported, if you're going to try to edit that out, then there is no story for you. And they were wow. like, okay, yes, ma'am. You know, like they, just, <laughs> they were, they were okay with it. And so every, and that was my heart. Like I needed to know that every one of the things yeah. that was ever aired about me had the Lord tied to it because it wasn't about me. He didn't, I was not here on my own will. It's not some strength that it came out him. of nowhere. Like it's, it was him and he needed the glory for it. And so I was very, very particular about that. And, and I'm proud to say that everything that's ever, you know, that I've ever seen aired, if it, if mm-hmm. it came from me, that it had the Lord in it. And, um, wow. and that is a blessing because I, I wanted God to receive the glory because it was about him. And I wanted people to know that's what sustained me. It wasn't me. I want you to know who my God is, you know, mm-hmm. that was, it, it was a crazy so all of that turned into just opportunities to share. And I got the first mm-hmm. church reach out to me a month later. So this happened in June, oh, wow. like June 2nd, like I said. In July, there was a church that was already planning to do a shark series. They were calling it <laughs> um, Shark Week, but W-E-A-K. And the play on like the shark week that happens in July, you know, with the with the um, TV series. And so they, they did this whole series on it saying, you know, what is the weakness in your life that's getting you, preventing you from going back in the water type, you know, mentality. And that was their oh, kind wow. of thought. And so they were, they were putting these, they were kind of pitching these ideas around with each other. And they, this church is near Raleigh. So it's about two and a half hours from me. And they, mm-hmm. they actually toyed with bringing Bethany Hamilton, the soul surfer, you know, in, but they're like, we can't afford her. Like we're, you know, we're a small church. You know, there's no way, you know? And, and so they kind of threw that idea out and didn't, didn't really think much of it. And the next day my interview hit the news. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, 
that girl is in Charlotte. Like, she's not that far from here, you know? And so they reached out to me, and they're like, I don't know if this is too soon, but we would be crazy not to ask you. Like, would you be willing to come and talk about your story? Like, we've got this series going on, and you, I think you could really impact people with your story. And I'm like, yes, yes, you know? And so we went, and it was a month later, like a month and a week, one month and one week later, I got to share my testimony on stage. My husband and I did kind of like a couch talk interview with the pastor on their mm-hmm. services. They, they hold um, three services. And, um, and I got to share how Jesus saved me. And people responded at the altar. People gave their lives to the Lord. Wow. And I remember just weeping, watching it all happen at the end. And I'm like, this <laughs> is what it was for. You know, and so that yeah. kind of opened up my heart to like, I think God wants to do something here. Like he wants to, for this to become more of a full-time thing. And so that's kind of what what started us looking at pursuing this as a full-time ministry. That is really awesome. Now, you know, I would not agree. It's on a really lower scale than what you just went through. But I remember that I wrote an article um, called reckless love and marriage. And it was a playoff, of course, the song Reckless Love. Yeah. Because I basically, right. I, in the article, I talked about if you're going to have a powerful marriage, you've got to have a reckless kind of love, the mm. way that song talks. And, and I remember that there was a, a podcast that where they were doing a show called Reckless Love. <laughs> and they did a search for the words Reckless Love, and my blog entry came up. And this guy tried to – I mean, back then, I, I, you know, when you're on so many different media platforms, social media platforms, it's hard to keep up with what's what. So I so – right. some of the places he reached out to me, I never checked. I mean, he, he did every yeah. one. Finally, he got in touch with me, and I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, God's trying to reach me here. And I'm like, oh, right. no. <laughs> <laughs> and. But he finally reached me, and I got on that podcast, which was pretty cool, all because I wrote an article called Reckless Love and Marriage. <laughs> yes. I mean, God uses everything. I'm telling you, nothing is, is wasted. It's, it's amazing mm-hmm. to me. It really is. So, as, you know, so where do you see your ministry going over the next few years? What, what would your ideal be, your fi- kind of five-year plan? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> Well, I, to tell you that, I kind of have to back up just a little because um, okay. whenever the speaking opportunities began, um, mm-hmm. we still were like, what is this? Like, God, are you, is this what we're <laughs> supposed to do now? Like, or, or is this for a season? Like, we were pretty like, we were just kind of following whatever he, we felt like he wanted us to do. We weren't sold on doing this for the rest of our lives. We just knew that these were the opportunities that he had for us now. And so we were just going to walk through them, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah. so it took us a year to actually give the ministry a name to actually say, okay, this, we're going to turn this into something like make it official. And so yeah. in 2018 is when we, we started being overcomer ministries and our oh, whole wow. heart behind that is, is really to help people learn practical ways to overcome because we all face <clears> stuff, <throat> right? So Um, we need, it's, we felt like we could be a help to people 
not to say that we know it all, because goodness, I'm still walking through what that looks like in some cases. So, (laughs) you know, I'm not always going to know the answer, but I know where to find it. And that's, you know, the word of the Lord. So, um, so it was our heart to really just help people see hope in hopeless situations and see that, you know, you actually can choose the promises he has for you, which is joy and peace and strength instead of depression and, you know, stress and anxiety and all the other fear. And, you know, you, you, the list goes on. And so that was kind of our heart in in starting the ministry was just to share our experience in hopes that it would encourage and, and spark a fire into other people. And that's exactly what, what kind of happened. And so for the next year, we were like, okay, God, we don't know what's going to, you know, what are you going to do? I don't know. Is it going to go full time? Maybe, you know, we're just kind of (laughs) just, letting him lead it and um yeah. and I remember in 2019 I put I actually have it right in front of me I have a a prayer list we had a special speaker that mm-hmm. challenged us in our in one of our services to write down some audacious prayers and I'm yeah. like okay I, I got a few of those you know so <laughs> I wrote down and then that was the beginning of 2019. And the first thing I wrote down was leave my current job to go into full-time ministry. And at that time I was like, that's insane. Like, I don't, I don't even Mm. have enough speaking opportunities for that to even make sense. Like I don't, it's not like I'm, you know, sought after speaker, you know, of course there's people that know me, but you know, at some point, will that die out? I don't know. You know, but I'm like, God, I feel like you're urging me to do this. And so that's the first thing I wrote down. And the, and, and, um, the third thing I wrote down was to write and publish either a book or a devotional. And then the last one was to have financial provision that all my debts will be paid. Our, the motor home that we felt like God asked us to pay, to do, um, our cars. I felt like, you know, I need to be debt free, you know? So yeah. these were audacious prayers. We owed, we owed <laughs> money, you know, like our loans were, were extravagant at the time, especially with the medical debt coming in. And, and, but I was like, these are what I'm going to believe for. And holy mm-hmm. smokes, here we are 2020 in June. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. those three things that I just listed off out of the five have come to fruition wow. in 2020. So I walked out of my full-time job in March, you know, after a lot of prayer in January, I felt like God said it's time. And I'm like, Oh, it's time. What? You know, I'm not ready. <laughs> but I did. I, I, I knew I had to be obedient. And that, that's right. Exactly. And that's what I kept reminding myself. I'm like, listen, he's got me. And if, if, he's, if I feel, feel like he's leading me, then I've got to trust him. So I was obedient and I put in, you know, my notice, and I said, I'll work through March because that was the end of our fiscal year, and, you know, that way I can wrap it up well and wrap up all the projects I was involved in, so I knew I was mm-hmm. leaving them in a good spot, you know, <clears throat> and then COVID happened yeah. in the beginning of March, and I, you know, I remember those first couple weeks of March, I looked at my husband, I'm like, are we crazy? I am willingly <laughs> going to be ending my job at the end of this month, and people are losing their jobs. Like, <laughs> what? Are we crazy? You know, like this is nuts. Start making uh, these things. Yes, and and the fear tried to get right a hold of me, but I had to go back to what did God say? Is mm-hmm. He not faithful in everything? Did He was He surprised by this? No. You know, like I had to remind myself, like He knew that this was going to come. He knew that it was going to take even a bigger step of faith. 
and I need to trust him. And, and, yeah. and so we didn't waver. We're like, we're still going to do this. You know, it doesn't make sense. A lot of our friends and family are like, okay, you know, good luck. You know, wow. we're like, no, we're going to do this. And here we are. We take the leap in, in April 1st, and God starts moving. And, you know, and there's honestly, April and May, we should have been in debt from just our common bills because we did not, not enough came in because of COVID. Some speaking engagements got canceled and all this. But on paper, it may not have worked out. The math may not have worked out for our budget, but we did not <laughs> miss any bill. We didn't, wow. you know, everything was paid. We didn't feel any different. We didn't feel the strain financially like we should have. And I just mm. looked at my husband at the end of, of April and I said, that's my God. You know, like, <laughs> you yeah. know, we just got to step out in faith. It doesn't always make sense, but that's, that's where we're at. So I say all that to say wow. that we're, we, yes, we want to write down the vision and make it plain, just like the word says. And so my goal mm-hmm. is, you know, to write a book. Um, mm. I did, I did write a devotional. So that was one of my prayer requests, you know, the earth that audacious prayer yeah. that I put down Well, that actually <laughs> came out a few weeks ago. And the print version is, is being done as we speak. It, it'll be ready wow. hopefully by the end of the month. Um, and so that's ready. But now I know that God's like, you need to write a book. And I'm like, Oh boy, that seems like a big, you know, undertaking. <laughs> I have no no real experience writing my own book or whatever, but this was kind of a step in the, in that direction with the devotional. And so, um, so I know that's coming. Um, but honestly, I think that our heart, my husband and I's heart would be for us to travel Mm -hmm. around and share the story as, as an opener, but also for it to open doors for us to share about marriage. Like my husband's black, I'm white. So that interracial marriage is huge. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a hot topic right now, even, you know, yep. so even speaking into that of like how God restores everything falling in place. And he, yes. And so that even in that part, um, you know, how you overcome adversity and what that looks like when you're a mom, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when yeah. you're a wife yeah. and, and, mm-hmm. you know, all these different avenues. I think that there's so many facets of what we've been through and what we'll continue to mm-hmm. go through that I can share. And I'm just praying that it'll be hope to others. So, that's kind of a long-winded wow. answer to your <laughs> yeah. to your one question. Because <laughs> see, our whole kind of ministry is called Inspired Marriage because we feel like you know our whole tagline is healing and passion back into bringing healing and passion back into your marriage. Because I think mm. if you have healing and you have passion, your marriage will will blossom. You you know if you have healing without passion, it's dead. If you have yeah. if you have passion but without healing, you have passionate fights. It takes both. Yeah. And, and, and I cringe when you see some of these so-called guru, you know, marriage gurus, and even pastors, who 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 have this thought that you know, it's okay if you lose passion for each other. It's supposed to happen that eventually you come into a companionship marriage, and that and that's okay. And and I scream at the screen sometimes. No, it's not. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you know, I'm not saying that you got to be passionate and, and lovey-dovey and 24. I'm not saying that. But there should be a spark there. And it's not yes. hard to keep that spark there if you if you do the things it takes to keep that spark there. <laughs> right. You got to do the work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 
Because because well, Sandra why... and I, we, we we listen to a ton of stuff from we you know we listen to you know five six seven sermons a week some half on marriage half on because I, I believe that if you listen what if you listen to personal um, growth stuff if let's say you do an hour of personal growth you should do an hour of marriage growth too and here's why because if you only listen to personal growth and you're married you're you're actually dividing yourself and you don't even know it because personal growth teaches you. How to be happy by yourself. Marriage mm-hmm. growth teaches you how to be happy together, so it takes a balance to keep that marriage balance. Right. Yeah, that's good. And that's the same thing as, you know, in, in the Word. It's healthy mm-hmm. for you to get alone time in the Word and know what mm-hmm. God's speaking to you, but it's also healthy to pray with your, your significant other, whoever that is, uh, your spouse, to mm-hmm. to pray together because that, there's power in coming together in unity. You know, so it's the same thing. You're, you're wanting to grow, but you also need to grow together. So yeah, and that's the part people. I think a lot of marriage things. You know, I talk to a lot of people, and 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 there's no growth together. I'm like, well, what are you doing together? And you know, and a lot of times, right. you know, they're working 60 hours a week apart. So Sandy and I, we've been a 24/7 couple since the day we married. And people just does not get that. They they think that we're unhealthy. I mean, we've we've been called every name in the book, and everybody that tells us we're unhealthy ends up divorced. So I always tell people now when they when they say we're unhealthy, I was like, um, are are you married? Yeah, um, you better not say that. <laughs> right. <laughs> because because it seems like every time somebody tells us how unhealthy this living this way is, they end up divorced. And we're 17 years in now. It's all we know. It's all we want to know. It's how, it's how we choose. To, I don't preach that people should be 24-7 couples, but I do preach that your marriage needs time. Yes. Yep, devoted time. That's why, you know, when I started the interview, I told you my, my husband and I are strong proponents of pouring into <laughs> yep. each other's marriage, you know, and that's – And I hate still that up when that. you said that because I'm like yes. – you know, I, I, when, you, when you said that, I'm like, oh, yes, this is good. This is good because I, I love yes, it when couples yes. have it, when couples get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we don't, we didn't let the shark attack stop us either. I mean, the next year wow. we were already planning, you know, and we went on a cruise the next year oh, wow. afterwards. I was like, <laughs> I am not going to allow this, you know, to stop me from enjoying what I know God blessed me with and, um, yeah. and to do it the, you know, the same way, you know, to still, still enjoy the cruise and, and still be able to do those things with my husband. And before we – as we start to wind down here, um, we always let our little one get on the phone and ask one question. I hope he's back there. Um, Sandy will get him, I guess. Um, our eight-year-old likes to ask one question to every guest. <laughs> oh, sure. Absolutely. And, uh, so hopefully uh, – because I don't see him, and I'm in the other room. <laughs> well, I have okay, an eight-year-old too. Yes, he's coming to ask his question. That we're trying All to right. keep the 15 month old entertained, but here's Christopher. Oh, I know. <laughs> okay. Hi, Timmy. What's your favorite food? My favorite food. Oh, gosh. Well, food's my love language, so that's a really hard question <laughs> because I love all food. But if I had to pick, I would say probably Italian. I love anything Italian. I'm a uh, but Mexican is a strong runner up there. I mean, sometimes Mexican takes over, but I would say Italian for sure. And what's yours, little Chris? Pizza. Pizza. See, we get along. Pizza's Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah, uh, bye. He comes and goes. He's been on pretty yep. much every episode. There's been a few times where he's been left off, but he's like upset. It's like, it's like I didn't get to ask the question. <laughs> and, That's you know, so and you know cute. What, when Caitlin gets old enough, we'll be plugging her in too. <laughs> That's right. Well, I have an eight and seven year old, and so I understand. Full, my seven year old is actually the question one. He is very inquisitive, huh. so I get oh, it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. So as we wind this completely down, are there any, you know, tell people how they can reach you and also any parting words that you'd like to give, you know, a little quick um, thing about overcoming something just out the blue where you can just say, you know what, this is what you need to do. Yeah. Um, well, the, what I would say is there is, there's a lot of heaviness right now in our nation and in our world, and a lot that we've had to weed through as people, um, whether you are a believer or not, it, there's just a heaviness. And so mm-hmm. I would just encourage you to dig into the word of the Lord, um, pull open a Bible. It, it, nowadays, we're so blessed that we can get a Bible anywhere because it, you can get an app on your phone sure. or your tablet or whatever. So there isn't any excuse, like just grab whatever you can. And I would just encourage you to just start reading and, and, and get, get a glimpse of, of who God is, because I think it's, it's so important in the times that we're in now that we ground ourselves in truth, because there's a lot of opinions, but we need to be yep. careful that we're surrounding ourselves with truth. And, mm-hmm. um, and so the reason why I mentioned that is because um, that's what got us through. Um, when there was so much circling around, you know, so much fear, so much unknown, you know, that we were facing, um, a lot of, like I had mentioned earlier, medical debt and just, just stuff that we didn't know how to carry all that. But what we yeah. did is we just, we, we looked up scriptures to start speaking over ourselves, even when we didn't feel like, that was happening yet. We just started claiming it now. And so that's one of the things that I really encourage people to do is if you, if you see a lack or there's a a want in your life, you could do something so simple. Just say, you know, Google scriptures on joy, scriptures on (laughs) peace, scriptures on, you know, not being anxious. I don't, whatever, however you want to word it, you know, and there are so many uh, opportunities that will come up for you to find a scripture. And I would encourage you to pull it up, read the, read the context around it, make sure, you know, the, the chapter it's in, get, you know, read around it, and make sure it's actually saying what you think it is. And if that scripture is something that you're like, yes, that, that's what I need, then you start mm-hmm. speaking that over yourself and you start, you know, putting it. Put a sticky note on your mirror or, you know, on your office at work or whatever it takes <laughs> yeah. and start saying that over yourself. And, and I'm telling you, that's Meditate what we need to be grounded in, in. Yes, the truth of the Lord. And, and that will help us be able to navigate this very difficult situations that keep coming into our lives, you know, through all mm-hmm. of the, the stuff that our world is facing right now. Like, if we can ground ourselves, you'll be able to navigate it well. And so that's, I think, the biggest advice if I could give it um, out of our experience is, is to yeah. do that practical, easy thing. That's really um, great advice. Ask, yeah. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And I think it's easy, you know, and, and it, so um, I, I encourage you guys to do it. And I know you asked if how to connect with me. Um, 
I do have a ministry website. You can go to, it's called BeAnOvercomerMinistries.com. There's a lot of uh, stuff about my testimony. I've also got the book I was a co-author in called Endurance. That's available on my website. My new devotional, Uncharted Waters, is available on my website. Um, So if you want more information, you want to know a little bit more about our testimony, and there's a way to contact me through our website as well so you'd be able to to do all of that in one place. Um, But also I'm on social media. Um, You can use the handle at be an overcomer, but just be, not be, because that was taken, so I had to be creative, so be an overcomer, um, but you can find me on pretty much all the social media platforms, and, and I would love to hear from you um, and, and have you come alongside our journey. And we look forward to coming alongside your journey, because I really yes. feel like a friendship developed here. And we look forward to seeing where y'all go. And, you know, when we're up in Charlotte, we'll have to come visit you. Absolutely. We would love that. And, and we enjoyed having you on. And, we, like I said, we look forward to seeing where you go. And we'll probably have you back on down the road to see what else we can do. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, I appreciate you guys giving me another opportunity to just tell people about what God has done. It's a blessing every time. And so thank you for that honor. It was, it was all our pleasure. And thank you for being one of our first guests for this, for this part of our show. Cause like I said, we've always been an artist show and we feel like God's pivoting the show a little bit and you're kind of the Guinea pig. And I think it went. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited that I get to be a part of that. So it, it's good. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you real soon. All right, take care. All right, bye.